1: Warning the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello,
0: kiddies. This is y'all's John Kassir, the voice of
1: The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. It's your boy Bones, and I got Bobby Spitz here, Mink. What are you doing over there? I'm in the kitchen, Link. Are you making pancakes? Making pancakes? Ah, what's going on, everybody? You are tuning in to yet another bonus episode. This is the two-year Slasher Radio anniversary. You got it right, boy. Make two years? Two years have been doing this. It don't even feel like two years. Right? Especially now, because, like, it, it's been a lot lately. When the fuck has it been two years? Dude, what, what happened to it? Has it really been two years? Two years, October 1st, baby. Damn, man. Isn't that crazy? There's no fucking way. Yeah. I, I was sitting there. We were talking about it. it. I forgot about the anniversary coming up. You did, too. Like, like what the fuck? I know, but it doesn't feel real like two years, man. Two years. It don't feel like no two years. Well, it well, is, yeah, boy. You're like a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming in and checking us out, guys. It is October 1st, 2019. Two years ago today, the first episode of Slasher Radio Slash dropped Radio. 2017, October 1st. Y'all didn't know what to do it yourselves. No. and nah, they, they had no idea what it was, was going to turn into. Shit, we had no idea. Had no idea. I mean, gee, you know, we're going to have Tom Matthews in a little bit. Hang tight. You know, I figured... I mean, that... That's a really nice celebration to have Mr. Tom Matthews with us for the one-year anniversary special. I mean, talk about a staple. Yeah, that is nice because you know what? When uh, <clears throat> when we were getting into it, but wait, we we're talking like way before the podcast and shit. When we started getting into our fucking Friday the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street screen, that's what it was about. And now... I mean, like two years. Who the fuck? I mean, who would have thought? In general, Mm -hmm. we'd be talking to you know anything to anybody to do with yeah, Jason Voorhees, right? And and not only that, like Jason hasn't like the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. It was known for you know like characters aren't gonna last long unless your your last name is Voorhees, you know. Like they haven't had a. Um any real reoccurring characters and I mean I know in the original they had um Adrian King and she you know was in the first, and then she made her quick little thing in the second, but you know it was it was quick it was over, but now you have even though Tom Matthews was only in the one movie, this is still a reoccurring recurring character as in tommy Jarvis now yeah it's a, it's it's cool man, and you know what two years. Fucking having somebody on to sit down and do an interview. Talk about some horror. That's the way we would have do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're damn right, man. Two fucking years. Went by quick. So two years went by that fast. Another two years. Before you know it, slash radio. You're going to be on the radio, on a podcast, do a shit for four years. I don't think they're fucking ready for it. I don't think... Because all the giveaways within two years, if you were to tally them up, all the shit that we did, mm. all the fucking episodes another fucking two years of that i don't think they're ready no i don't i don't think so either dude and dude that's another thing man like being able to to, i mean look everybody knows especially the people who've won they are giveaways like we don't there's no paying shipping there's like really you do nothing but listen to the show and and you win stuff like that that's cool for us to be able to 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 give stuff back to you guys because we're we're nothing without listeners literally like any type of platform viewers listeners whatever like we're nothing without you guys and it is a really cool feeling to be able to extend some shit out like dude last christmas we gave out uh the the gizmo toy like like that's all we grew up on gremlins they got a they got a mogwai we, we could have kept that fucking mogwai i wanted to keep that fucking mogwai <laughs> but we gave it away did the right thing there was a couple of things I was looking at, like, hmm, that would be nice. But we'd be cool. But you know what? We fucking gave it to you guys. All you gotta do is tune in. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I really do feel, because let, let, let's just be honest, our content is uh, an acquired tape. Now, I, I don't wanna say our content's an acquired tape, but you have to have a certain type of, of attitude thick skin to you, you know, you gotta, really, you gotta be a real one to really take it in and enjoy it and listen to it, so you said take it in, oh fuck, I did, damn it, take it Uncle Ray Ray's got a game, I did say take it in, but that's what they gotta do, they gotta take it in more ways than one, maybe, yeah, take it in they ain't got no choice they ain't got no choice, but it's like you know, we get to I think our audience, and over the years, we've had a lot of people that interact with us on Twitter, you know, they come, they go a lot of them have stayed, and I think right now, with the IR Chris's and the the Ambers and and all that, that that this is that we have the perfect demographic or, or audience. you know like it, it, the relationship we've been able to build and with the type of people, you know like it's because we've had a couple of people who've interacted a lot and nobody that <clears throat> that I still hear from now anyway on Twitter, you know, a couple of them, not to be mean. They were a little eye rolly. It's like, oh uh, god, okay. But you know, now I think we've really chiseled down to our core base. And dude, we have the best listeners in the world. I think. Yeah, they they rival the wrestling. Yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. So hell, so a lot of them are wrestling fans. I don't know how the hell that happened. They crossed over, mate. They know. They got their senses up. Yeah, damn right. They they know. They know what's real and. And we we just appreciate it, man. It's awesome that we've been able to, and the shit we've been able to do. Like we just talked to Bill Mosley a few weeks ago. Yeah, but that's another thing. Talk about who'd have thought, (laughs) like, right? You know, yeah. Who the hell would have thought that? And and to us, like, you got you guys got to realize it's hard because especially like we got Thom Matthews coming on earlier, like uh, later. We're fans of these people. Like, we are huge fans of, of them. And it's like, ah, yeah. oh, man. We're, how do you be professional? I don't know. It's hard because you sit there and people just like you, but at the same time, when you rewind it, it's like seeing Batman or some shit. Like, yeah. In real life. So then, boom, there they are. They're there. And that's why we try to do our best because we know that the listeners. You know we try to experience that for everybody and 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 help you guys live through you know that experience through us and and share it and it's it's not just me and bones sitting down or whoever you know talking to these guys it's all of us sitting down and talking to these guys even both I me mean, you'll send a tweet any questions yeah anything that you guys want us to ask or yeah yeah you know. damn near every episode yeah yeah you're right dude and I mean, <clears throat> we had uh, we had phone lines for a while. I would like to try and um, find a better way to kind of streamline that into it and get it back in again. You know, we we really do, and I I we have to be the most interactive ho- horror podcast, at least without question, dude. Like, who else is doing? It? I, I've heard of after we started taking phone calls. I just want to point out some. I did notice, yes, yeah. yeah, some people. Some other shows had started tweeting, oh, call in, leave a voicemail, we'll play, like, no, dude, yeah, that would be cool and all, but we want to talk to you. Yeah, we fuck around, we might call you. <laughs> <laughs> you might you might get a text, uh, why you, what is it, WYD text from Bobby Spitzer at like two in the morning, you up? <laughs> What's going on over there? But you know that that's another thing too, man. There was a few times where I felt a couple other shows kind of stepped on our toes a little bit, as far as you know. Does they follow? I, I've seen they follow us on Twitter, and it's like you see what we're doing. So I, I've noticed quite a few times other shows have kind of jumped. That was the whole Shutter thing too. It's like it's another show started, and it's like, dude, we were the first horror podcast to fuck with Shutter like that. Sponsorship from Shutter, free promo code, get 30 free days. We were the first horror podcast to do that, and you know, months later, other I'm like, I was like, man, you know what? Some bullshit. Damn it, son. <laughs> it, it is. And you know, I I I didn't really the the Shutter thing I, I talked about a little bit, but you know, I don't want to. We never mention these other shows because it's like we're not going to give them any shine for it, but we we do do it to be the best too. We really do because we want to bring you guys the best. But those other shows, I've seen a lot of them come and a lot of them go. We're still here. Two years, deep. Yeah, yeah. We every week too. Like a lot of bi-weekly, once a month, all that. We're we're here every week, whether you like it or not, (laughs) whether you agree or not. It's there for you know. It's there. Two years, man, went by so quick. Are we going to be doing this 10 years from now? I hope so. I Put hope in so. Big 10. Big yeah. 10. And you know what? If we did... Well, first of all, hopefully our pockets will be a little bigger by then. But you know, that—that's the But if we did, I can guarantee you this. We will have the same passion for this shit. Oh, yeah. Because before, that's what started the whole thing. Right. It was way, there was a podcast. Oh, shit, dude. I wish we could have had the content. Oh yeah, for the podcast because there was a podcast before the podcast. It just the shit wasn't recorded. Yeah, yeah, that's true, dude. And you we know. always talked about like way, dude. When we, you know, it always pissed me off. Remember all the times when we had our little basement spot and our like we pretty much slept in the same room. Yeah, like we did. You know, it was like yeah. it, what, what do they call it? It's not a. It wouldn't have been a studio setup, would it? Yeah kind That's of it yeah is. yeah pretty much yeah so dude a couple of times i recorded like on my phone i would just hit record and record through the night and i would hope because we dude how many times have we been in tears crying laughing oh my god, couldn't breathe to the fucking sound came up man L- yeah literally yeah and and i was never able to catch any of that man it would be some stupid shit, too. Like, we'd both be laying there just fucking about ready to go, you know, calling the night. And the fucking cat would all right, that would be <laughs> it. Done. Fucking done. That's it. Up for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. And the few after a few times, well, after a lot of times, I said, you know what? I got to re- try and record some of this. And any time I remembered to try and do it, it, it was... Yeah. Like, Damn it, man. If we could have found yeah, it those... Was, we're so caught up in the moment. There's a few videos that you got though. Yeah, there's a few of them. That we got to do something with those, yeah. You know. Yeah. And those were like way like pre Those were the boys. Those teenagers almost, yeah. Those were the boys mate. <laughs> you still you got some good ones up there still. But but it, you know, I think it's maybe just because it's us and we're we're looking at it as like th- those are nothing. <laughs> Those, I mean they're really good, but compared. I know man, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. We should have just invested it in like a A cameraman. Nikon or something, yeah. We should have just had someone follow us around all the time. We could have put an ad out on Craigslist and paid him fucking twenty dollars a week or something and let's be honest, we would have paid him in weed and he would have been very satisfied. Oh, he would have been very happy. Yeah, exactly. Thinking back, we probably could have got Coral to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's true, man. We probably could have. Oh, yeah, bro. Got you. Like, all you got to do is just record everything. Everything. And you know, he's meticulous, so he would have recorded everything. Oh, oh, yeah. Everything. Like, he would have got us like perfect lighting <laughs> like, just for no reason. <laughs> he would have started taking it too serious. Yeah, that that is Coral, too. When uh, when, when Feta was moving, <laughs> it was me, Stevie, Coral, and a couple other guys, and that dude, Eddie, and we were helping Feta move. And we were waiting for Coral at the garage, and, <laughs> dude, Stevie was pissed. He was like, oh, he better not start his shit. Fucking thinks he knows everything. He's going to act like he's the boss. He ain't the no fucking <laughs> boss. This, this, that. Well, I mean he used to move for a living Exactly and that's why Stevie was getting out. Just cause he did it, don't mean he know shit. He don't know shit. The <laughs> whole the whole thing. You know. Ed Coral ended up going there and doing that. Yeah, well Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Mink uh missed opportunities, man. Missed opportunities. Always did. You always did. Always say. Man, I wish we could fucking get this. Like, like even way before the podcast, you had that like Twitter for the uh, Tosh no show. Oh God! You know, always had an eye out, waiting for the fucking the right moment. And there were so many moments, but you know, what? back then, like going viral and shit like that, yeah. we didn't quite understand. It wasn't how that even worked. really a. It was just becoming a thing. Yeah, it was, and and at that point, it was really just based off of like just. Uh, I mean, it still is chance, but it, we, we weren't. We would have had to have that camera on twenty four seven. Remember, too, these kids are like when you go viral, it's something. Then I don't want to say when you go viral, but these YouTubers, they script it, they act it, they edit it. Th- that's not what we did. It was on the spot. Happened. Never gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> I was, I was never gonna watch that happen. That was it. It was gone. Yeah. And it was perfect when it did out. Like, if we could have caught Stevie when he first realized the meh. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, But, but, but we could have never reenacted that. Ever. We right. could never do that ever again. Yeah. We could never do that again. But you know what, man? Now we got the podcast. We could talk about it. We could share it with people. And I think they're relating. Because... It's not that they're, you know, they they everybody's got their own stories and shit like that, and you know, it's it's something that they tune in. The extra content, it's not just the horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's the extra content and everything, you know. And that's what we're saying. Like back then, we were doing all this shit, and we'd be watching Friday the Thirteenth while all this shit was happening. Pretty much, yeah. So like that kind of provided a soundtrack, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely commentary for for sure. But yeah, man, that it and you're right. You're and we are still it's harder to do it, you know, we're across the country from each other, but <clears throat> like the hose. We thank God we got that recorded. We got the hose, yeah. The piss on, piss it on shoes. It's still happening. Yeah. Stevie farting that time. Yeah oh God. <laughs> Dude there's there, I just there were so many moments just like little shit, like the nipple. Oh God! That, that it, our uncle had a, a wife beater. That his nipple, the same. What was it? it? Was the left nipple, right? The left nipple. The left nipple kept coming out for some reason. To even the point where he found it funny. No matter what he did, that nipple would not stay in his shirt <laughs> he wore a TikTok. It just that's just what it was. If if to us it was, it's like that. That's something like. We had to have had on camera, like, because if we would have been recording early, and that would have caught on, oh yeah, then people would kind of understand it better. Yeah, yeah. The Gaba deal, how <laughs> stupid is that? The Gaba deal. Oh, that pissed them off. That not only did that piss them off, but we we were sitting there, two idiots, blasted out of our faces on a couch, <laughs> hysterical, hitting each other. We're laughing so hard, crying, almost pissing our pants. Over the word, (laughs) gabadil. (laughs) Gabadil. And it it sounds so dumb, but... Oh, man. Wow. It was so fucking hilarious. Nobody understood us, though. No. Man, could you imagine? Because we were sitting also... We were in my parents' house at the time. (laughs) My dad had a camera in the living room. And he didn't like us really going there when he wasn't there anyway. Right, so you know he was watching because he knows the alarm went. Off. We we got in, the alarm went off. He's watching. He got an alert. The alarm was turned off. In fact, if I remember correctly, he probably had to turn it off for us. Either way, he knew. So now he's watching, and he can't hear anything. <laughs> but he's but he's watching. He's <laughs> probably wondering why the fuck we're so hysterical. He, he I bet a small part of him, as mad as he was, he was like. I wish I was that guy. What? I gotta know what the fuck's so funny? <laughs> what? What is so funny right now? Because like there was not a breath to be taken. No. And then you got Stevie stomping around mad, so he knows it's something that pissed him off. <laughs> yeah. He's, <pissed. laughs> he's like, "What they oh, do? Yeah. That shit was funny as hell." Yeah. And the camera was literally like, it, it was like our television show on his phone at the time imagine that right, there. right and smack dab in the middle dude oh man i wish there was access to that shit dude right right uh but yeah man i mean it's been a ride though it's been a fucking ride deal. still going yeah but deal yeah two years strong we've had uh a lot of ins and outs ups and downs and a lot more up than down i think yeah, this shit's been one big fucking boss-ass ride. Yeah, yeah. The f- and the hard work that goes into it that these people have no idea about. No, they don't know. They have no idea. I don't want them to know. No, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. I don't want them to know. They shouldn't know. Well, one, they think they got nice, easy, everything nice. Two, their ass gets on the show, and then we got to put them to the ringer. Yeah, yeah. That's been fun too. That's another thing a lot of we have balls. We put random ass people on that we a lot of the show is it, it, we have to have chemistry to to be able to you know and, and I think you people can sense it cuz a lot of other I don't want to say a lot of but other shit if the chemistry isn't there you can tell it sounds off. It sounds awkward and yeah, weird. It's like an awkward like, little you know you know what i mean you know what i mean yeah like you and i especially it's not fair cuz we've known each other so like our whole lives like it it's we're on such a wavelength that it's easy yeah you know like i can i can tell when you want to talk you can tell when i want to talk you know we we know each other's we know how to work around each other perfectly you know so that that's what that's that's what podcasting is that's what makes a good podcast any of them and we brought a random stranger that we've never spoken to before. <laughs> but you know, there's a there's an initiation process. I don't think these people know about. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely levels, without question. There's levels to it. Yeah, and not for anything. We've ne- we've never had. Thank God. Knock on wood. We've never really had a bad guest. No, we really haven't. You know, like uh, some are more like Rob is so articulate and, and, and Michelangelo with it. And Greg is just balls out, throw facts at like, they all really Pope is all over the place. And, and it, but it was nice. It works. Yeah. See that's the thing. You ever see that movie, uh, in the army now? No. It's got Bill Murray in it. And it's basically, he rounds up a bunch of fucking misfits and creates like the best platoon. Huh? In the army, or no, it's not in the army now. I forgot what I think it's called. Stripe in the army now is with Polly Shore. do God, yeah, yeah, there's a thing. It's called Stripes, something like that with Bill Murray. But basically, the thesis is he just gets a bunch of fucking misfits, and that's what we do make something out of them. Angels in the outfield, that's right. I hope it's called Stripes because I don't know what the fuck that movie was called. Sure as hell was a Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, it damn sure wasn't Ghostbusters. Speaking of Pauly Shore, we got fucking stiffed on by him. Dude, I've... I never tried again, but it was just such a... Like, there has been quite a few interviews where, you know, we gotta go out of our way, to. This was... It felt like such an underhand toss. Yeah. You know, it was like... But damn. Pauly Shore... Now he's got his own thing called Random Rants. Son of a bitch. And you know what? I'll tell you something. We got turned down recently by John Carpenter. See, that is more understandable. I get that. I get that, man. Pauly pa- 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 sure. But you know what the bitch about it is? We could go on Cameo and pay him to shout us out. I ain't paying him shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but no, no. John Carpenter ain't on Cameo. Snoop Dogg is. I wonder how much Snoop Dogg. That's got to be a lot of money. It it is, but there's other people in there that's really cool, and um, I seen Snoop Dogg. I was like that, but you know that's the thing. Like we're not gonna pay anybody to do that. No, no, not because no. we think we're better than that, but just because at that at that point that's just like, how do I put it? It's um, it's something that definitely. I don't know, man. It's just not it's not all it's not authentic. Yeah, it's not the same. No, it's not. That that's empty. I would say Katie Featherson. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder if she's on camera. Wouldn't that be if She would be so fucking mad. She would. She'd be pissed. That's what I'm saying. She would be she'd be like I got oh my god. I gotta do it. Hold on, hold on. Dude, if she Katie, if you are listening again. You can make a cameo right now for $50,000 and I know at least one person that will buy it. i take out a loan. <laughs> you gotta do it now. <laughs> Dude, that would kill her a little bit inside. Oh my god. Yeah, I gotta fucking smile wave. Yeah, she's, she does not have a cameo. Damn it. Dude, that would have been funny. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my God. I'm going to check often if she's ever on it. Oh, shit. Because she is. I'm fucking buying it. Yeah. 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 And we'll play it every fucking show. <laughs> Poor Katie. Leave her alone, Mink. <laughs> we got to leave her alone. It would be funny, though. It would be hilarious. Every show. She said she would do the show if we were nice and nice. Mink. Now, this is up to you. Because this is your hill that you're standing on. You know what I mean? Like, every Paranormal Activity episode, it's like you have to. So I'm not going to say you shouldn't. But would you do a Paranormal Activity episode and be completely nicey-nice? Yes, of course. That's the thing. Like, she she doesn't understand. Like, it became a shtick. Like, that's all it was. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, of course we could. Yeah, for sure. But that's your shtick though <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i mean like you know for for what you know the situation is, you know of course yeah man maybe we will and we have well we haven't done a paranormal activity episode oh based on like at the you know, show like, the movie yeah I, I mean shit dude all right maybe paranormal Th- activity three coming soon I did like that movie, too. It was good. Mm-hmm. I would like to see her in another movie. Besides Paranormal Activity soon. Alright. You know what this sounds like. Challenge accepted, Katie. Challenge accepted. How do you like that? Balls in her court. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's put the pressure on Katie Featherson. Balls in her court. Well, yeah, man. I mean, uh... Bada boom, bada bing. Uh... Here's Tom Matthews, guys. We've been rambling. Here's Tom Matthews. Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead 2. Never Hike Alone. Friday the 13th, the game. And Friday the 13th, part 6. Jason Lives. Tommy Jarvis. Enjoy, guys. Tommy Jarvis. Thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in, and as promised, we have a very, very, very special guest. We are joined by the iconic Tom Matthews. Mr. Matthews, how are you doing tonight, sir?
0: I'm doing well, thank you.
1: Oh, Hello, thank
0: everybody. You.
1: Uh, we appreciate you joining us. We were just telling you all that before we hopped on, but everybody, all of our <laughs> listeners, we announced it a few weeks ago, everybody's excited to hear what you say.
0: <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Well, hope they're not too excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, I think the first question I kinda wanted to ask you was, uh, would you be able to tell us a little bit about uh your start in acting? Like what made you want to get into acting? Sure. I uh I I know it well.
0: I was uh out of high school a couple of years, just kinda Floundering, didn't really have a passion for any one particular thing. I, I did. I was lucky enough though. My grandfather and my father they were all in construction, so I kind of I knew how to do all that stuff. And I was, uh, was experimenting with painting and painting on canvas, and so uh-huh. you know, with colors. So I was always a, a very artistic uh, uh, person, I guess. I knew about construction. I didn't know how much I knew until. Um, I just, you know, I always thought that everyone knew what I knew, so it had no value to it. Right. To be honest with you. You know, if I knew it, everyone else must have known it, so it had no value. And only later in life, um, I found that it, it had some value to a lot of people. That being said, um, so I was just kind of floundering, working at a a hair salon, just help, not cutting hair, but just helping out making sh- uh, the, the person make shampoo and stuff. And... And I was dating uh, this girl, and she she, she suggested, uh, out of the blue, she goes, why don't you become an actor? And that was it. Huh. That's all she had to say. Then I started studying. That one thing, just like, uh, that's what I'll do with my life. I'll start studying acting. So I started studying. Uh, I went over to um, study for three, three years, I guess. And then I went over to Lorimar Productions with the sole intention of getting my SAG card. Okay. I figured if I was working over the Walmart Productions, and at the time they were doing *Balance* and North Landing and Falcon Press and a bunch of Flamingo Road, was another show of theirs. I think I'm dating myself. But um, so uh, I was there working for maybe a year and a half and then, you know, everyone knows what you, your passions are and what you want to do. And my job was, to fill up the kitchens, restock the kitchens. And there's like three of them in the, on the third floor at the Lorimar Building, and there's a bunch of them down on the, down on the lot. Dallas had their own kitchen on, and their own production uh, offices and Knott's Landing and Falcon Crest. All the riders were up and the executives were up in, up on the third floor where I was working. So I'd, I'd move around a lot. I'd see everybody. So long story short, uh, I ended up getting a walk-on on Falcon Crest, Doris Saba. Caps Hartleyed me, Caps hartley me and gave me a, a walk-on, and that's how I got my sad card. The day I went to go get my sad card, I see this guy pulling out of Lormar. Now, this is over in Culver City, and I went to the SAT office, which at the time was on Sunset, to go uh, get my sad card to put down, put down the money that was required. So I see this guy leaving, and the next time I see him, I see him hitting me, at the SAG office (laughs) and it's like a 45 minute drive. So I see, I see him leaving the parking lot at the same time I do. I don't know what it was, but he was going to SAG and he ended up running into me. (laughs) So, uh, that's how I got my, that's how I got started from a a girlfriend suggesting it. And then, uh, working at Laura Martin, that's how I got my Santa card. And then I went on to do a bunch of commercials and stuff. And, uh, then I started slowly doing film that uh, my first, my first on-camera thing was on uh, The Woman in Red. I had a little bit in that, a little cameo. And then my next big thing was, uh, was Return of the Living Dead, the big part. Then got
1: Return of the Living Dead. So is it true that it took you nine months to get that part?
0: It took me... It took, it's true. It, it,
1: it, 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 it's true. It was,
0: uh, what had happened was I went in and read for... Um, well, actually, they put me on tape. And I did the reading for the casting director, Sansi Stokes. And um, she said, I did a great job. I said, great, that's great. So I was really excited. And didn't, I didn't hear anything for nine months. So, you know, a week after that, you're like, no, I, I guess I didn't get it. The director didn't like me or something. I don't know. And mm-hmm. nine months later, I get, a, I get a call back. And I go in, and there wasn't many people there. There weren't very many other actors there. I'm standing around... Well, it, it comes out through the course of me talking to people that I actually they hired me to do the, to, do the role, and I was there to read for uh, the females for uh, Tina. Wanda it actually got it, but there's other four or five other girls who are leading for it. So that's how I found out I got the part. Wow! Um, and it took it took nine months because they were having some legal issues with the with the the name, the rights to the name, and they got that. Oh. I guess. think it took tom fox that long to work it out to get the rights he was the producer on the show and it was uh it was a great great experience
1: looking at your um well i mean just judging by your your acting your career on imdb it looks like that's one of your your first real big roles in an action in a tv i seen you did tv before but you know in a film so i'd imagine that'd be a little intimidating like (laughs) oh nine months i guess it's done and then you got to hop right back into it Right, exactly. Did you doing doing this film, The Return of the Living Dead? Did you feel the um? I, I don't know how to explain it. Did you feel the the that that movie was going to be be something great because now it's looked back on as you know one of these these hierarchy films? And did did you have that feeling on set with what you guys were doing that it was going to turn into something?
0: That... No, not not at all. We thought we were just making a you know a, a B movie and playing it for real and you know had no idea was gonna i I mean i literally there was some funny parts in it the situations were funny but i had no idea uh how they were piecing it all together because we i mean we were acting our asses off for for drama you know (laughs) it's it's surely a a dark comedy because the humor comes out of the situations that everyone's in some great one-liners and stuff and it just uh was really a pleasure the music you know really uh kind of it was crafted to help 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 that along too so <laughs> yeah we had no nobody had any idea had no idea at all
1: so how was clue, it working?
0: Clue, clue was clue was he got hired he feels differently about it now but at the time because he's he told me so he he uh he considered this real, this movie be- below him
1: Wow! And
0: uh, so he was, and he got hired at the very at the eleventh hour. I mean, we were rehearsing; he wasn't there to help. So the first day of shooting, he shows up, and he's got a lot of dialogue, and he's stressed out. And the part he probably wouldn't have taken if he didn't need the the cash, I guess. But he's so happy that um, he did because it's it's, the the movie's fantastic and um, just a great experience for everybody.
1: Yeah, it looked like you guys had a lot of fun in there working together. And um, one of the things we, that I noticed yeah. in a lot of your interviews is that you pointed out working with Dan, how he guy he let you guys have like a lot of leeway. So how was it working with him?
0: You know, he did, he did, and that's really, I mean, kudos to him because that's really unusual for a writer director to let anybody change his words or or bring anything anything to the table or even have a discussion about it. It's, it's very rare. And, uh, I've, and I, I, and I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. I've come to find that out as I've done other, uh, other projects and stuff, particularly in TV and stuff. You can't, you don't you have to say it exactly how they want, want it done most of the time. So, um, so the more I worked, the more I appreciated that experience. Uh, working with Dan and also, you know, I, I, most of my scenes were with Jimmy, Karen and, um, just, um, we just had a great time. He was just a match. He'll, he'll be missed. Miss him all the time. We both, we, we found out, we found on a part two that, <clears throat> excuse me, we found out a part two that we had the same birthdays, which is November 28th. And Oh, wow. So we, we celebrated our birthdays every year. We always had a dinner together. If it, was, if it wasn't on the day of our, the day we were born it was before, just after him and Alba, and they always came over here to the house to uh, for the holidays and stuff like that. So which was nice. We we were pretty close.
1: Oh wow, that's real nice. Yeah, it, building relationships like that off your roles. I mean, that that's got to be us as viewers. We just see you guys in that role, and you know, it's over. It's done. The movie's off.
0: Yeah. Well, just so you know, when when you're acting with somebody and you guys you make a connection. You swear to God you're going to see them. I mean, it feels like you're going to see them for the rest of your life, but it it never happened. It just because your life catches up with you. You know, you got to deal with your life, your kids, your your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. You just uh, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. But th- this one stuck, and uh, um, it was a pleasure pleasure to know him. there was a he was really a, a he's actually my age now. When he did he did the role in oh, wow. uh, Return of Living. Yeah, so that's kind of another thing. He just, you know, he just passed on in October of last year. Um, yeah. And they used, and I don't know if you saw the Academy Awards or the Oscars, um, in memorandum when they did that for the actors who had passed and the producers and stuff like that. Um, they used uh, the still from Return of the Living Dead, so I was standing right next to him, which was kind of cool.
1: I did notice that. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. That yeah. was pretty cool. Well, it it definitely looked like you guys had a lot of fun, like you were saying. Uh, but I did read somewhere, and I mean, correct me if it's wrong, but uh, you didn't like the return uh, Return of the Living Dead two. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, I really I, both films as as a whole for me, you know, I I definitely. <laughs>
0: Part Part One is so much better than Part
1: Two. Uh, yeah, I was Only just the, getting to that. Yeah, it part, is.
0: Part Two, Part Two, it went. It went after the jokes. It went after the humor. Right. Part One didn't. It? And it just the humor was. It came out of the genuine and the, and the situations, and it just—I mean—that's that's true comedy right there. You don't go for the jokes. Right. It, they just—it's just, it's just a bizarre. It's just—it was a different, a completely different experience.
1: Yeah. And as a viewer, I think we were able to to see the change too, for sure. So yeah, the the original by far is you know that that's in a class of its own.
0: It's a class. It's a it's it's, it's the cult classic, not the uh, not part two, or part three. Yeah, yeah. Think about part one too. It also is part of pop culture because when when I'm when I'm out and I I go I ask people what do zombies eat and they go brains and I said, mm-hmm. do you know why you say that and you go. No, I said, it's because of the movie I yeah. did, Return of the <laughs> Dead. And, and they haven't even seen it. Half of them haven't even seen the movie. But they know yeah. that zombies eat brains.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, that's true. That movie you know, also gives it, you a reason why they were going for the brains and everything, so they like it, kind of made sense exactly.
0: out of it. And that's, you know what? That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie when they have that conversation. With that. It's a great scene. Her spine, and the, camera's, the camera angle's low, and the spine going back king 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 bouncing back and forth and Don Kalfa has the conversation with her. Watch yeah. people's brains <laughs> Stops the pain of dying.
1: So creepy So was it was it true for the second one they really spent money like a lot of money on flying you out to, to have you assume that, that character just for the second Return of the Living Dead?
0: Had me find me out? No, we shot that all here in LA.
1: In LA? Oh. I thought I read somewhere where they spent some money or something like find you guys out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was mm. all shot in town. Yeah. Nice. And you're
0: from LA, right? Yes, yeah, so I was I was bo- I, I, so I was actually born on Hollywood Boulevard, believe it or not. Wow. At the, Hol- at the Hollywood Presbyterian.
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that
0: weird? <laughs> me and my two brothers. I have a brother 16 months older than I am and a brother 11 months younger than I am. And we all had the same doctrine born at, uh, uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. Talk about meant to be. <laughs> native, I'm a native. <laughs> whenever, whenever anyone uh, complains about
1: the traffic, mm-hmm. I tell him to go home. <laughs> well, funny. I mean, they, there is tra- traffic is horrible there, ain't it? Though, like, oh, it's
0: terrible. I mean, God, oh, Jesus. there used to be a rush. There used to be a, a, a rush hour here. Now there's a it's a rush five hours. It's like <laughs> all day long. It just doesn't stop. Oh wow! Just to go, just to go three miles at seven thirty in the morning. It takes me forty five minutes. <sighs>
1: no way, man! Wow, no, that's it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Let me ask you something, like like non non uh, horror, I guess you would say, but just growing up, LA dude, like is like the city magic, I guess you would say. Like a lot of people growing up in Manhattan and stuff say, like the city has changed. New York is different from back then. Is that the same with LA? Like the vibe and everything, just throughout the years, have you yeah, noticed that change? It
0: has. I mean, when when actually, when uh, Return of the Living Dead was made, there was a huge punk rock scene in Los Angeles, and and Across the country, in certain uh, big cities and stuff like that, right. so that was that was a real thing. And then um, uh, the the culture changed, and uh, like there's a there's a a street that I lived very close to called Melrose, and the groundlings were on the theater on there, the groundlands. and over the years it became. It kind of uh, became like an international street. All these Gucci was on it, and uh, uh, the Grangers was on all these international uh, stores were on it. And then that kind of went away. And then now it's kind of seedy again. So, uh, and now Hollywood Boulevard, they're building that up now, uh, and over on La Brea and Santa Monica, there's lots of lots of construction. Beautiful buildings over there and malls and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's still it's constantly constantly changing. And the traffic is just getting worse and worse. What are someone saying it?
1: And I'm from yeah. New York, so I always wonder I always hear that LA traffic oh, is worse, but I never I would never want to experience it
0: either. <laughs> well uh well the other thing is I mean you're from Manhattan?
1: Well no, no. no no. Okay. So the thing about LA it's Massive.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: yeah, so many suburbs
0: and it's spread out, and you have to have a car here. But it's because it's, it's LA good, County, it's, right? Yeah, it could. No, LA City is just huge. It just goes for there's, there's like there's no fields. It's just buildings and for I mean downtown to go downtown is buildings all the way. To go past East East LA there's buildings all the way for another, you know, 40 miles. It's it's just massive. Right. It's just it just spread out, and you can see it when you land in the LAX. You can
1: see where it starts. Yeah, and land-wise, it's, it's gigantic,
0: ain't it? It's massive, huge. And then uh, LA County is even bigger, And but you'll find fields, and you'll find hills and stuff in the LA County, Malibu, and, and things like that.
1: But it's I just, always want to go out there and check it out. Like it just seems like a great yeah, yeah. place to be, especially in this industry that that you, you know, being an yeah. actor and you're right there in yeah. the mix. Yes, absolutely. You got to be here.
0: Or here in New York, you know, right. Uh, uh but if you're going to be an actor and broke you want to be here in l.a because the weather's so fucking
1: great <laughs> you get something nice out of it <laughs> I, think I think there's more bums in santa monica because they're on the
0: beach and the weather's great you know <laughs> that's true i was a bum in at home i'd be i'd be in in santa monica
1: yeah i'd rather be a bum on the beach than a bum in two feet of snow that, yes. that's for sure exactly <laughs> So you said you got your start, you know, your inspiration in the acting, and you went forward. What what would you say is the closest character you ever played to yourself?
0: Probably uh, Tommy Jarvis. At that uh, time, it's uh, probably the closest I had played to myself.
1: Nice. That makes sense, because I, at least personally, when I look at Tommy Jarvis, I think of Don Matthews and Tommy Jarvis being the same person. You know, because when we see you off the camera, it's just like, that was that's Tommy Jarvis right there.
0: Right. Yeah, that was the closest uh, character I have played to myself, I think. Because, you know, Return of the Living does a punk rocker, and then I turn into this brain-stucking zombie, which which is a great, I mean, that was such a great part for an actor to play, because this young kid, naive kid, punk rocker, first day in the job, and know, next thing I'm tearing ass down the hallway with acid in my eyes, wanting to eat my girlfriend's brain. How fucking cool
1: is that? Uh, That's gotta be (laughs) a trip to play as an, you just get to let loose as a zombie. So much,
0: so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. You know, I'm dying. I, I'm slowly dying. So you got to kind of figure all that out. How much, how much are you really dying on, on which page? So you got to emotionally and you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great, great.
1: wow. That's awesome. I mean, it's a good segue because you mentioned Tommy Jarvis, obviously, uh, one of your notorious roles are Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, you guys created something new with Return of the Living Dead. Like that was your own. You guys were fresh on that. Now you're joining a, a franchise well established, like Friday the Thirteenth. What was it like getting into that?
0: Well, it was it was well established, but not in my mind because I hadn't really uh, watched them. Okay. So uh, I, I I auditioned. I got a call back to go in. It was like. Three or four of us to uh, read for the producers, Frank Mancuso Jr., Jr., and uh, Tom McLaughlin was there, and uh, a bunch of other people. So uh, I got the role. Great. So then I went and looked at Tommy Jarvis in 4 and 5 and uh, to see if I can pick up some kind of mannerisms or something that I should carry over into Part 6. Didn't really see anything. Nothing really stuck out. No quirks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so I didn't really, you know, I just uh, just stepped into it and just kind of dissected the script and see what that was, what, what that would give me, and that's that's what I ended up doing.
1: You're right. I mean, he was a. I I don't want to I don't want to say, but in part five, I feel he was more of a uh, a duller side character, and not as far as the acting. I'm just talking. His character was more quiet, reserved. You know. And you were so much. You really gave Tommy Jarvis a personality. Yeah.
0: Well, he didn't look. Look, John didn't. John didn't have a lot to react to. I had right. fucking Jason to react to, and he was gonna. Kick, yeah. He was gonna. He was gonna start kicking some ass and killing some people.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, but he, you also kind of expressed more of what was going on in Tommy's mind. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I mean, I, I had a lot more, and the script is Tom, Tom McLaughlin wrote a great script, mm-hmm. and the, it was shot beautifully, and you know, part five. I saw a girl with big tits. I knew I was going to see him in a wet t-shirt or something <laughs> like that. And kind of, honestly, it kind of scared me that I I got the role in part six because I thought, what the hell did I get into after watching part five? It, it kind of scared yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> but I had to go back and reread the script again. Cause, yeah, I didn't see any titties in that one. <laughs> so
1: I was yeah, okay. we just we just we we're we're gonna. Um... You know, we got something coming up as far as what we thought was checklists. I don't know if we could say this or not. Yeah. But just between us, I guess one of the things that I feel that a horror movie should have, you know, like the cliché checklist is titties.
0: <laughs>
1: a horror movie has yeah. to have titties, you know? <laughs> it's just one of those uh, clichés, right?
0: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see him in the thing. Ah, uh. <laughs> I, I just saw... Oh, they weren't in the thing. Yeah. yeah. Carpenter's you know. Classic.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. just talking about that movie, too. Funny you bring it up. <laughs> yeah, no, we awesome. did that one. That's one of the things I pointed out, too. There was no titties in that. <laughs> no you did kidding. bring it up. <laughs> uh, you guys think very much alike. I'm getting nervous now. Now, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I was going to ask you about, you know, how do you, It was. Tommy Jarvis was a character that was played previously. You know, how'd you go into approaching that? You told us. But, you know, just kudos to you to being able to – that that's got to be so div- – I can't remember off top of my head where I've seen it done before, but an actor going into a role, a new actor in the same role, and that's – whenever I think of Tommy Jarvis, and most people, we think of part six Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, I was the last, I was the
0: last one to do it. Also, I'm in, I'm in the game, too. They used my yeah. image in the game, which is cool which is really great for the franchise because, I mean, they're creating this all new, these, I mean, kids are playing video games at eight, nine, 10. Oh yeah. So they're getting all these fans, even younger than that. They just hear Jason yeah. and they know the mask. I mean, I know five-year-olds uh, who are running around like want to be Jason for Halloween and stuff like that. But the, but the game is creating this whole new demographic for fans for the franchise and um, who Shouldn't see the movie until they're older, at least twelve or thirteen. I, I would guess. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and they and they will see it because they're they're going to be fans.
1: I we know? can attest to that because Bobby and I are huge fans of the video game, and we have played with five year olds on that game. Unfortunately, yeah. we run into <laughs> them, so they are playing that game. We can attest. Um, they're they're on there, and they're, and they're good, dude. They play the game just as good as we do. It's crazy. <laughs> and some of them got filthy mouths. I could tell you that much, too. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, like you said, you know, like kids even younger than, than what you have mentioned, they, they know who Jason is because I have a six-year-old, and I showed him the case when I bought it because I went out, got a physical copy, and, you know, he's seen it. He said, without me even pointing it out, he knew who Jason was. Oh, you,
0: you've you got the hard case?
1: Yeah, I got the actual physical copy. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. cool. Do you have a, the metal case though, or the plastic case?
1: No, The plastic. Excellent. No.
0: Oh, I have I I have a metal case. I will give you because I was oh, just man. at ScareFest I, I was just at Scarefest in in Lexington, and that's where gun media is, and they brought me all this stuff to hand out. I've got posters. I've got the the. I probably have fifty metal cases. I'm happy to ship send you one. No problem.
1: Oh, really that cool. would be fantastic! Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when we get off the
1: air, I'll,
0: I'll, get your address, or you can send it over yeah, to my fun. email. That'd be yeah, awesome. that's awesome. Thank I, you. Yeah, I send you a, send your poster too. They have that's two sweet. different posters. One, yeah, it's really cool. It was really great stuff. All the, I mean, I met probably ten people from Gun Media at that uh, convention because I mean, they're right there. They gave stuff to C.J. I mean, to uh, Kane. He was there at uh, at the event as well. Right. So yeah.
1: That's a that's another great segue. You're really good at this, <laughs> um, <laughs> Gun Media. We actually had Randy Greenback from Gun Media on a while ago, and you know, what was it like working with them? Because everybody that has been that I've spoken to on that staff, like they rave about this project and going around promoting it, working on it, all that. So, what was that experience like?
0: Well, I think you know what I I think they brought Tommy Jarvis's character. uh... After the fact, I think all the fans were were requesting that Mm -hmm. my character be brought. So they contacted me after the fact, after Kane had already gone in the suit. So it's not really, I didn't get in the suit with all the, for the body movement and stuff. Because they had already done that Mm -hmm. with Kane and and Tom Stavini came up with his design and uh, different stuff. But I did, um, they did send me over to, I signed the contract and they sent me over, I I I tried like hell to negotiate uh, my deal. I said, okay, I want, I want to get $0.10 cents yeah. every time someone become, becomes Tommy Jarvis.
1: Oh, God. I figured that was,
0: I figured, I figured that was my retirement.
1: <laughs> right? You would have Bill Gates money right now. Hey, that's <laughs> they wouldn't a perfect go, boy, though. They, yeah, man. They wouldn't go for it.
0: I about $0.10? $0.10 It's cents. 10 cents, only $0.10 cents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> times a 1000000
1: no, that he would have lost a lot of money on that deal because I was Tommy Jar. I would have paid you at least sixty cents today. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Between the two of us, you'd have made a killing. <laughs> so it was, it, it wasn't
0: a bad strategy. It wasn't a bad strategy on my part.
1: That is genius.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I even thought of it. That was a cool idea. But um, so yeah, they sent me an image. To uh, prove for my likeness, and the first one they sent over is like, is this guy? Did this guy not even see part six because he had dark hair? He had dark hair and a five o'clock shadow and a Jay, Le- Jay Leno chin.
1: Oh like, God! Are
0: you kidding me? We literally had to go. I, I literally, we literally went back and forth six times. I said the guy's gotta watch the movie. I I, I and I took him, I took stills from, sent him over with the changes. like he finally you know, got, got, got it close. I wasn't completely happy with what we ended up doing, but it was close enough. And, yeah. uh, uh, and then I went in and I did the, uh, I did the voiceovers for it.
1: So, yeah. I wanted to ask it, you about that. Like, with, you know, doing the whole voiceover, what was that experience like? And what did you enjoy the most about it?
0: Uh, it was, it was, you know, as an actor, you do a role and then you go in and you do the, um, looping or whatever, the voiceovers for it, he took, because of the sounds problems. So that's basically what it was was like. Um, There was some, you kind of match your lips to what your image is saying on on a screen, and it's all timed out and stuff. And then there was some uh, wild lines, just some that you weren't matching, that they would could just fill in wherever they needed them to go, you know, run or, uh, yeah. Getting stab noise or
1: whatever. So that was so crazy. they would actually show the character and his mouth moving, and then you'd try to think what they wanted exactly. the line to be. Exactly. exactly. Wow, that's a whole nother beast. it Sounds like a acting. <laughs> it is. It is. There's a, there's there's
0: um there's a group out in L.A. called the Loop Group, and that's all they do. They're actors, and they just they do background noise, like uh, restaurants, noises, people drinking and having fun and laughing. Just, they're just in the background. You just kind of hear them in the background. There's, there's, it's really clever how they
1: come up with some of the, the sounds. Um, it is a talent, for sure. A whole different type of... It really is. It really is. Because they're using stuff to imitate things that you wouldn't think would sound like what you need to hear, like footsteps and it's, you know stuff exactly, like that.
0: Exactly right. When a body, it's a sack of potatoes when a body drops and hits the floor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Which kind of makes sense, though, because if you think about a sack of potatoes, there's a bunch of them. And, like, when a body yeah. drops, it, it wouldn't fall all at once. Right. Very clever. But, yeah, we, we're we just, we definitely had to ask you about that because we are huge fans of the game.
0: Yeah, I know. It, it was a lot of fun. I've, I've actually played it and it was, became myself. This is early on, and then some uh, some other camper killed me, and I was so pissed
1: off. Oh, man. Did you get on the microphone and let it, tell <laughs> them about it?
0: I, I didn't. That's what we do. No, yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> there was like a subculture in the game that they were being campers, and they were just creating havoc, just killing other yeah, campers yeah. and stuff. Like that. And they, they stopped that ability, people having that ability, because it just yeah. pissing
1: everybody on the game has such a huge community it really does and like they're constantly updating things cuz like you said there's you know they can't they you know they have to figure out ways to to i don't know. people who play the game they kind of figure certain things out about it sort of i guess glitches as you would say you know so mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see such a you know the game got released and then to this day it's still being worked on still being you know, just as much of a hype as it was. But for you, I mean, that's got to be exciting. You come on yourself, and now it's like a heightened sense. Like, you can't allow yourself to go down no more. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing yourself. Right, exactly. The the game is, is extremely competitive, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts r- real quick on, also, Never Hike Alone was a big deal. How did, How did you come across joining in with that project?
0: Well, I'll tell you, I have a very good friend of mine who's a writer. I've known him for 30 years. And uh, he had a roommate. And his roommate had a friend who, they all became very close and talking and stuff like that. And he goes, I hate to bother you, but would you do me a huge favor? This guy, my roommate's friend, is a huge Friday the 13 fan. And he won't shut up now that he knows I know you. Would you mind, please, do me a favor? Would you mind, you know saying hi or, you know, have lunch. I said, <laughs> I said, sure, just to get them off your back, I'll, I'll say hi. <laughs> so we arranged it to go have dinner, and uh, it was Barry J. He was the executive producer on Never Hike Alone, and then he, during the course of dinner, he said, would you mind, would you be interested in doing maybe doing a phantom, because there's this, the legality thing's going on, with Friday the 13th, I said... I'm, I'm thinking in my head, fan film? I mean, come on. Right. right.
1: I said, Fucking yeah. fan,
0: fan film, really? I said, sure. I said, send me the script. He goes, I can do better than that. I can send you the script, and we've already shot half of it. I said, great. <laughs> so, h- having no intention of being in, in part of it in any way. <laughs> it's
1: a fan film. Yeah.
0: I've, seen fa- right. I've seen fan film. Yeah. They're not very good.
1: <laughs> they you know, very rarely were.
0: He sent me... They sent it over to me, and the first half, and uh, it was amazing. Mm. It was uh, The production value was there, the drone shot, the guy leading, uh, Drew, acting, it was topical, he had a GoPro, he was like looking for, he, he, he rates trails, and he comes across the trail, and it was like, cool, it was great. I said, great. Yeah, I'd like to be a part of I that. Think, I think it would be fun. And uh, so then Vincent and I got together, and we, we kind of worked out uh, what we wanted to do. I, I wanted something a little bit different, but we settled on me being the paramedic, and um, yeah, I had a great time. It we was on a one-day shoot, and I brought my son up there with me, who was playing the game. He did not hit everything yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, never my wife went up and my daughter and my son and he was watching the camera, you know, the monitor and stuff and watching me do my scenes and he comes over and goes, Hey Dad, you're pretty good
1: <laughs> Right <laughs> You're pretty you're pretty you're pretty good at this. You really did do this stuff, didn't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. It was fun for him, fun for me, and uh we you know, we we. We showed it to the, Vincent showed it to the uh, reviewers and they were kind enough to keep my name out of it because when we um, premiered it at the Telluride Horror Film Festival uh, a year ago in October, uh, they stuck, I snuck into the back door and stuff like that to watch the audience and stuff like that. And when cool. I show up on camera, they just bolted
1: out of their seats. It was just so, so much fun. And the I like the uh, fact that no. they kept Tommy in there, too. Like, when you showed up, they said, you know, they mentioned Tommy. That was awesome. In the oh, fan film, that's a paramedic. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when yeah. you popped up, they yeah. said Tommy in the film. Right.
0: It was on my uh, paramedic uh, costume, too. Had my name yeah. on
1: it. It's little stuff like that that makes us freak out as fans. Little stuff like yeah. that. That's <laughs> huge. Because we know who you are, we know Tommy, but when they mention it and then you have your name on there like that, like that means a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about doing a sequel, actually a prequel and then a sequel. And the sequel, uh, we do Never Hike in the Snow and then Never Hike Again. And Never Hike Again actually will take place, uh, Vincent's wrote a great script, it will take place before Never Hike Alone. Oh, wow. During Never Hike Alone. And after Never Hike Alone, so in Never Hike Alone, you saw or you heard my fight with Jason. In Never Hike Again, Never Hike Again, you will actually see the fight with Jason. So it's oh, just no. like it like passes through Never Hike Alone before, during, and after. It's more from my perspective, me watching them hike because I'm there, and I'm, and then uh, we're bringing back. Uh, Vinnie Gustafero, who was uh, the deputy, who's really now the sheriff in Wester County, uh, he's coming back, and then we 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 you see us tear ass out of there in the paramedic uh, truck, and we go to the hospital, and the sheriff now, Vinnie Gastafaro is now the sheriff. He shows up with two two deputies, and we have an altercation. We got to get this guy fixed, and but, but and then um, all hell breaks through so Jason shows up, and.
1: That's awesome. But, uh, First, shout out but to ben. them, too, because they did a really good job in uh, personating no, you know, Jason was amazing. And I think that's, why, that's part of why it gets the praise that it does. Because, I mean, how many Friday the 13th fan films are there?
0: Well, now there's like five or six. I mean, Vengeance just came out. Right. And uh, his name was Jason. Jason Rising. Yeah, Jason Rising. And... I'm actually in Vengeance, but I'm not. They just you. It's it's my kids. It's my picture at the end, or CJ's burning it up. Okay, I heard. Um, but it's my, apparently my children.
1: Uh, so yeah, it's all good. So is there anybody in your family that's looking to become an aspiring actor or following you? You know, in your footsteps?
0: I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get my son, who uh, <clears throat> who is kind of. Uh, i 'm trying to get him a part i 'm doing a a couple of movies one in November and then one uh, next year so i 'm trying to get him to play uh, a younger character in it and they seem to be open to it and I think it'd be fun for him i honestly i don't like unless it 's commercials and stuff I do not like children to become actors and i tell you, i'll tell you why because if they if they 're unsuccessful, it messes with their head. If they're successful, it messes with their head.
1: Great point. I I haven't seen,
0: there's been a few uh, young actors who child stars who were able to make the transition into uh, adult acting. Right. So I always tell people if they want to do it, have them wait until they're, you know, in their 20, 18, 20s or whatever and then do it that way. Because I've, I've known a lot of people that children actors who just, it doesn't it doesn't build well in the long
1: run for them. It's hard for them to function in life. And isn't that crazy? Because, like, I guess, like, like, I mean, I can understand what you're saying, you know, because if I put my six-year-old in there, and I guess kind of like either or, because there's such a a preconceived notion about it, you know, like where you're supposed to be in Hollywood and whatnot, and it can kind of affect right. their minds in a way. And, they're, and if they don't get, you know, you, it
0: messes with you even as an adult if you keep auditioning and you don't get it and you can't figure out why mm. and especially i mean in my experience i did some shitty auditions and i I would get the fucking part and then i would do some great auditions i felt
1: and right. i wouldn't get the part and it just like it totally mind it mind fucks you i see where you were going <laughs> it just messes with your mind you can't
0: figure out what the book mm.
1: You, you know, kid. imagine being a kid and trying to figure that out.
0: You, you, exactly. I mean, and and if you do great and they, you get great reviews, it's going to mess up your head. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to try and create that again and and want that and be adored and stuff like that. It's just tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I don't do it. I don't have any of my kids do it. So, but uh, he's older now, so he's a, he's uh, going to be sixteen. Give him a little taste and see if he wants to do it. He's a very good-looking kid. He can do modeling or whatever yeah, if
1: you want. I think we he all would be wants. excited to see you know see him get in there and of course yeah. you return <laughs> well. But I, I, earlier you mentioned that you had something about a construction company. Do you do you have anything like that going on or?
0: Yeah, I, I like I said earlier, I've always had construction in my family. So my dad was involved in it. My grandfather worked for the studio, so we always had these tools around the house in the garage and stuff like drill presses and saws and chop saws and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, we'd always go down there as, as kids and make our secret boxes and stuff, you know, to keep our private stuff in it. We weren't smoking weed then, but we would <laughs> stick other stuff in there. And uh, <laughs> uh, later on we would, I guess, in high school. Uh, so that was always around, and I took woodshop in in high school and came up with some cool stuff. So it was always very creative. and always around and uh, in between acting jobs and after I got uh, done with Lorimar um, I, I just hate sitting around so that's how I kept busy uh, mm. uh, doing finished carpentry work for my landlord or my friends or whatever whoever um, and so uh, eventually just uh, honestly it just kind of took off uh, started a company I kind of got out of acting because of my—I had three children, and also uh, I was losing money, having to, having to go on auditions. Right. Um, no kidding. It, was, it just didn't make sense financially to go uh, to go on auditions anymore. And I—I—I hate auditions. I hate auditioning anyway. <laughs> I never liked it. I was never—I I must go study, you know. So um, it takes me a while to. Kind of think about it and, and 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 get the character and get the feel of the character and stuff. I like to study it and, and dissect it and stuff. Um, so uh, I never really enjoyed auditioning. And then um, you know my construction company just kind of took off, so I just kind of went that way. And my kids were here and didn't want to re- be out of town. I just kind of wanted to experience them growing mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. So yeah. town.
1: Makes sense, but. Mr. Matthews, I wanted to have one question that I wanted to kind of wrap up with. Yeah, obviously the lawsuit and everything that's going on with Friday the Thirteenth. I was just wondering what what would your picture perfect ending for that be like? A, a, another movie? Like, is is there any way you imagine it?
0: The picture picture perfect ending with those guys would settle on a, on a number, and they would get both of them would get something right. You know, 10% or 5% or whatever the number is. I don't know if it proceeds from from the movie. Fine. And then I would love to see uh, Tom McLaughlin do the final 13th movie in the franchise and have me come back in it, but that's not going to happen, as I understand it. Uh, He's already written a script, um, and it's basically, there's no guys in it. There's no Tommy Jarvis in it at all. Wow. Uh, Wow. So there goes my dream. And he also, he also, he also. I heard him on interviews saying that he thought that Tommy Jefferson was getting too watered down from from all the fan films that I've done. And I, oh my God, I called him out on it. I said, No, I said, Tom, I have done one fan film, one period. To this date, I've done one fan film. Because, oh, sorry. That because, you know, in Vengeance, they kept bringing up your name. Oh, he, and he has a cameo in Vengeance in the beginning of it. <gasps> mm. uh, so, yeah. So he was around, and he, he also consulted on it.
1: You know, that that's such crap. You know what? I agree with
0: you. Fuck him! <laughs> 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 Fan films, no one, I mean, the fans see him. It's not a massive thing like a studio would put out, you know? I mean, look, Never, Hi- Never, Never, Never Hike Alone's got a, almost a million views. You know, and if you would, if you multiply that by ten bucks, well, that'd be twenty million dollars. So that is a movie, I guess. Yeah, but it <laughs> does mind. so much. For,
1: it, it does so much for the genre.
0: I I agree. Well, I think you know what I think. I think they missed the boat. They should have carried in part seven, eight, and nine. The, the antagonist and uh protagonists in in Tommy Jarvis and, and Jason. They should have continued that. You know, they should have continued that thread. The fans would really responded. So they had somebody to root for, finally, in Tommy Jarvis, you know, so that was... Yeah, dude, you're right. Yeah. Uh, What they ended up doing is, uh, whatever was popular that year, whatever made the most money that year, whatever theme it was...
1: Space. uh, (laughs) In in
0: space (laughs) or Connecticut or whatever, that's what they ended up formulating the scripts after, which didn't really you know, help the franchise. It's like, I, you know, I can't wait to see the Rambo movie. I mean, I was a huge Rambo fan. I can't wait to see
1: it. Yeah. You and me both, <laughs> um, man. I, I love Stallone. I'm bring him up. Only
0: because it, there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, with all the Friday the 13th, except for part five, there's, the through line is Jason. He's through, yeah. you know, you see him in every one of them. And he does one thing. Um, uh, So that's, because, I and I think they they should have done it After they developed the character of Tommy Jarvis, they could have carried that forever. You know, like The Fugitive, or... Yeah. It just could have went on forever. kind of like the Laurie Strode for Friday the 13th, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah,
1: exactly. I I just can't wrap my head around that, because it's like, fans obviously want it. You know, so it's like, you're deterring from what the fans want to look at a stack of numbers for whatever, you know, statistics up that year. And it's like, okay, well, but the fans want this. This is what they're reacting to. There are people in the game who will kill themselves just so they could come back as Tom. <laughs> there are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are.
0: Ching, there's my ten cents.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um, my last question would be: if you have any advice for aspiring actors with your experience, if there's anything you could tell them, you know, any advice that you can you can mention, what would it be? <sighs>
0: I would tell them to be very quiet and observe everything and go to class, go to a good class and study the scenes and live very modestly because you're not going to get make a lot of money. Um, have a job. Take, you got to take care of business first. You have to eat. You have to wash your clothes. If you're in a town where you need a car, you have to get around town to go to auditions and stuff like that. But be quiet and just observe and, and do your work and be passionate, and work will be get work. So if you're just constantly doing it and um, or really want to do it and just sustain yourself. I know a lot of actors are very, very, very talented. I've seen them in acting classes. They're not working. Uh, they would crumble under the audition you know, going to auditions and stuff. They just didn't know how to handle it, but the talent was there. So the, and you got to be lucky. You got to be kind of in the right place and you got to go up on, got to go up for the stuff. The invite, the The environment's a little bit different now, uh, because you can actually put yourself on videotape before you said, you'd have to go to audition with your picture and your resume, stapled to the back, but hand that in. Now it's completely different. You can actually, I did a Western last year. It's actually, uh, the world premiere is going to be in Detroit on Thursday, where this guy is one of the, you know, he's one of the has one of the medium parts in it, and he got it by putting himself on videotape. His name is Matt Fling, and he he did a great job, and we're we're, we're friends now, and and uh, that's how we got the role. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it's interesting. It's different now, so you can and just keep putting it up there. It's like. My my wife says we gotta win the lottery. I said, Honey, we're not gonna win if we don't play. That's true.
1: Okay. Hey, that's that's <laughs> definitely true, you know. You gotta put your hat on so, to, to be able to be um, it, exactly there, so. That's what I would advise. Great advice and great conversation. Mr. Matthews, we thank you so much for hopping on and taking spending your night with us. Uh, Mike, Bobby, my pleasure. If you, there's anything you want to promote, uh, let them know where to contact you, anything?
0: Oh, well, I'm going to, I've got, uh, let's see, I've got, um, well, I mentioned Warpath, which is going to be coming out. It's a western we did. It takes place in the 1890s. I play a really fun, we shot in Detroit, believe it or not, was it in Texas or Montana or someplace, oh. uh, but para, panoramic pictures, um, I'm curious to see how it turned out. I'm just gonna if anyone's in Detroit on Thursday come on by. Um and then I did uh I did a movie called Cure Therapy, which we're having a screen on October sixteenth in Los Angeles. That's more in the horror genre, which is a lot of fun. Really gruesome and disturbing and <laughs> perfect for the horror fan. Um and then I'll be uh I'll be in Canada at the Hamilton con on October 18th to 20th, and uh, down at Spooky Empire uh, in Tampa, Florida, on October 31st through, through the 3rd. So if anybody's down there, come on by and say hi. Love to see everybody.
1: That's awesome. I might I might see you in Tampa now, because I live in Jacksonville, so that ain't too far of a stretch. Oh,
0: that would be great. Love to see you. Uh-oh. They're, they're conspiring. All right, guys. Thanks
1: a lot. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Have a great <laughs> night, and thank My you. Bye, pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bobby. I'll talk to you soon. Not a problem, sir. You too. Bye.
0: Right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed me. You're gushing over this. I am. I'm really excited. I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't think they can't. Bob Matthews, you said it. And I don't want anybody who's listening, who's, a, who's familiar with the show, knows this is a very good thing. But we don't mean... This is a good thing. He's a salami boy. He's a salami boy, big time. He's one of us. Yes. He's a salami boy. We just chopped it up with him like it was just another regular episode, man. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. That was really, 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 really good. I like him. You lot. said he's a salami boy. <laughs> he's a salami boy, straight up. Like... He's a he's a homegrown LA native, man. He keeps it real, like and it, like I seen that in his biography. I said, "This is this is a salami boy." I said, "There's <laughs> no way this ain't no salami boy." Like born and raised Hollywood, you know? No, not Hollywood, but California Yeah, this right. is a salami boy. Back in that time, yeah, for sure. You know, I just had that vibe from him. All you know, just watching his movies and shit. He's just he always came off that way, and he's awesome. That is awesome. That was, like, one of the best interviews ever. I think the main thing is, like, a lot of them, you know, they, they want to be themselves, and, you know, he just kind of cut loose with us, and that was, that was great. He had some legitimate, like, this is a real dude. Like, I know, like, you know, he's an actor and all that, but at the end of the day, he cares about his family. He cares about what's coming into his household. If he gets a gig, great, but you know what? That doesn't mean... Shit to him is is in the lot. Like he told yeah. you in in the in the advice at the end, like save your money. You still gotta wash your clothes. You got that's as real as it could get. You know he runs a construction company. He learned a trade. He learned how to put food on the table, and that's what it's about. You know, if I get the gig, great. But what am I gonna do if I don't? He's real as fuck. I really appreciated everything that he he said on this episode. It was amazing having him on here. It really was. He's a salami boy. <laughs> dude, if there's one fucking dude out of all the interviews we ever did that I felt like I could go out and sit down and have a drink, like, it would be him. Hell yeah. 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 Tom Matthews. That's a real one. And then the whole punk rock scene, they always talk about like the Dead Kennedys and shit in that era. Yeah. Phenomenal, dude. Like, he was in the mix of all that. Like What he has and the knowledge and the experience that he did. dude, nobody knows about that. No, they, they won't. Not in this time and era. You know that shit is long. I it's wish. I wish I was fucking around in L.A. back in that time in his age and stuff. Like that's where I feel like I should have been born at. Like, right? Amazing. Because I was. I could feel the passion in you. Oh, dude, that was phenomenal. I felt something. Man. It was spiritual. I felt like a connection. Is he your new Rob Zombie? As far as an actor, yeah yeah so that that was awesome man he opened up about a lot of stuff and just real conversation yeah he opened up he he, he really um gave a lot of insight on how it was coming up for himself as an actor and the reality of being an actor and what's going on and you know a lot of us normal people i guess you would say like there's we would assume there's glitz and glamour but it ain't always sunshine and rainbows no. and he wasn't afraid to to go ahead and give you that side of the story as well, and you'll see in the interview, or as you have heard in the interview. Yeah, that was that that was awesome. That was a, this was make, this was a great way to celebrate our 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 anniversary because, I mean, we had a, a salami boy on someone, one of us, real guy. It was perfect. I fucking dude, I turned down a blowjob for this. <laughs> wow. Okay. I would. <laughs> I would. Wow. I would. Okay, alright. I mean, I love Tom and all, but I don't know if I'm doing that. Time to have. Time to have clear it next week. You know what, though? I wonder if he would. Hmm. I hope he would. Because, you know what? He just... He's so real with it? Yeah, he's so real with it, I hope he would, you know? <laughs> you know? I wouldn't I would want him to. I don't think he'd want to, either. But, nah. uh... <laughs> yeah, so... Thank you guys for checking out our anniversary episode. Thank you guys for supporting us for these two years. It's been awesome. And uh, this is—if uh, anybody who's familiar, you already know. But for any new listeners, yeah, this is this is what you get. It's what you get. So buckle up. Yeah, it's gonna be a long one. You don't know what's next. We're still waiting on an email from Rob about his <laughs> and all that. So we'll let you, <laughs> you know. Stay tuned. It'll be posted on the website. Oh, it's going to be posted. <laughs> but you know what the sad part is? Rob, Rob would probably put us to shame. Even if it's small. <laughs> Even, <laughs> I don't know how that works. Even if it's small, I don't know. That's how it works with him. It's true. Even when it's small, he makes it so big in a different way. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks for checking us out. So we're going to have our regularly. This isn't replacing our weekly episode because we grinds like that. So, later in the week, you can fully expect our regular weekly episode. We'll be back this week, and we'll be back next week. and the week after that, and all, so on and so forth. Uh, you can keep up with all that by subscribing on iTunes, on Google Play, on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all that shit. Wherever you get your podcasts from. Except Spotify. Fuck Spotify. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Ellie. Really? Yeah. They, they, they want us to change our RSS feed. We, we ain't doing it. Why do they want all this then? I don't know. Uh, but you know what? Fuck Spotify. <laughs> so, anyway, go, go subscribe go subscribe to us so that you don't miss anything every week. And go to SlasherRadio.com. You can also catch all our shit there. The best way to contact us is on Twitter, at SlasherRadio. Or you can hit me up at Mikey's Dad. Mink, where can they hit you up? You can hit me up at Bobby Spitzer with two R's. And I'm telling you, when you log on to my profile and you see that face, I'm going to bring you all the biggest and baddest that there is. Hugest on Twitter. Biggest on Twitter. No hanging balls swinging left, right in your mama's <laughs> face in the kitchen. Ooh, I'm going to be cooking them pancakes, boy, But naked, cheeks flapping, Bobby Cheeks, don't forget, see you on the playground. Damn. Wow. <laughs> I can't follow How's that. that. I, I, I can't follow it. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to get inspiration from the from wrestling mate. Yeah, I, I could tell you were very yeah I felt it. Very good. It. Dude, there's nobody who promotes better than wrestlers, right? That's right. Wrestlers and Bobby Spitzer. So <laughs> On that note, check us out next week guys. Good night. Watch your radio. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck I was that you going <laughs> on? I don't know, man. I just had, I just felt like you know, fucking letting, letting it, letting it raw, scratch down on the ass. Yes. Wow!
0: All the best with Flasher Radio podcast.
1: Oh, so Uncle funny. Stevie doesn't like being, you know, he likes yeah. to just, he will he will do something just because.
0: He'll do it his way. To.
1: Yeah. yeah his way. Stevie, yeah. don't pick that up like that. It's bad for your back. You got tilted. No, it ain't. Three weeks later, you're calling. You want to go see, no, my fucking my back hurts. <laughs> uh, I see. That's because you moved that shell. You shouldn't have done it. No, that was at work. And it fucking started hurting. (laughs) It's something completely unrelated. Um, (laughs) By the way, speaking of LA, Uh the Rams are playing right now. Mink, I don't know if you have anybody on there, but I know Baker Mayfield is your boy. Mink, fuck football right now. What happened? Did you lose? Yeah. I'm 0-3 in my other league. Are you fucking serious? Dude, first week, week one, the injury gods hate me. Week one, Tyreek Hill gets hurt. That's my number one receiver. My best guy, best receiver. Out for six weeks, maybe more. Tevin Coleman gets hurt. He's one of my running backs. He was like a a backup, but he got a lot. He was really good fantasy. Tevin Coleman, injured, out for fucking who knows when. He's going to be out for a long time. Well, Deshaun Jackson got injured too, so I mean, I can understand. But now I'm getting a week two. Yeah. Now, now, good week two. Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt. That's my second best oh, yeah, receiver. Dude, he fucked. I don't know what happened that Monday night, but the Eagles were fucking. Yeah. Same night as Deshaun Jackson. So now Deshaun Jackson was on my waiver wire. I was gonna pick him up. He's hurt. So there, there goes an Alshon Jeffrey. My now my first and second best receivers are down. My for shit. Oh, boy, my, my, my. So now Najoku gets hurt. My tight end. He's out for the game. Now God. I'm like fuck. Michael Gallup. Gets hurt, he's out for the game. I'm like, you got th- two receivers and one tight end out in one week. I I lost. I got demolished. Uh, like those were zero. Like they had like three points by the time they, they got hurt early. So now we stroll on to this week. Keep in mind, my two best wide receivers are down. My third, one of my strong running backs, one of my strong receivers, and my tight end, my sole tight end, all gone. Think like, I traded. I sent away John Ross and Jason Witten, juicy dick. I, I took advantage. Yes, I did. Because I said, I need somebody. Witten's not every week, but they're playing Miami. I could use that value. John Ross is the number one receiver in fantasy, in yards in the NFL. I'm like, that's not going to keep happening. I could use that while he's hot. I got Mark Andrews. Dude got eight targets and nine targets in week one and two. Traded for I got him. I'm like, all right. But now dude had to drop somebody to accept the trade. He dropped T.Y. Hilton. Scooped him up. Mink, this week, T.Y. Hilton got hurt, knocked out at the beginning of the third quarter. And Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. That was a fucking major Mink. blow. Mink. Major blow. I'm sitting there like, all right, Mink, I'm playing Miguel. I'm talking because I was, I was running a train on him. I was talking shit all day. Mm-hmm. All That, that uh, emoji thing I sent you, the emoji whatever, I did, there's like a horse one. And yeah. whenever one of my players scored, I went on there and went, touchdown, T.Y. Hilton. Shit like that, because it looked country. Dude, right. every, t- every score. I was going ham on him. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton goes down. I'm like, fuck. All right, you know what? So I got Saquon. I got this dude I picked up who did really good last week. He's got a great matchup. He's hot. Everybody, all the the fantasy shit saying he's a must start this week. He fumbles the first two times he touches. Them. He does nothing. Saquon Barkley hurts. So now I'm sitting there like, all right, he better come back in this fucking game. The next time I see Saquon Barkley, he's got crutches and a fucking walking boot on. Yeah, he wasn't coming back, man. No. Man, I'm in shambles. I'm in shambles. Still got Tom Brady. Not in this league. Oh. I had to pick up Jacoby Brissett. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Andrew Lux backup. Mink, I'm in and now Miguel's talking all kind of, I had to put my phone on silent. I dude, I was I was a cranky little cunt today. Well you got something to be happy about, man. Everything made right with Tom Matthews. <laughs> that's just, that's what I mean. This was the only good thing about today. Like today was miserable. So I I, I got pissed off at around three three thirty. I was only up since one. Shit. So I I got, like, two and a half hours, three hours of happiness in. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs)
0: That
1: was all it was worth.